0: Love Talk Radio.
1: To with you tonight, folks. This is Brother Brandon Teague, and unfortunately, we're not able to meet at our church building tonight. Um, most of our church members tonight are positive for COVID. We have had a uh, terrible wave of COVID sweep through our church, and uh, a lot of people are, are down tonight because of it. And before we start tonight, I want to ask all of you watching and all that will watch this video, I want to I ask you please to pray for the members of Temple Baptist Church and our families, and we want to lift up all those around our, our area and our nation who are suffering with COVID-19 and those who've lost family members to COVID-19. Uh, we, we pray for you, and uh, we ask that you pray for us here in our time of need for prayer, and uh, please lift up our, our members of our church. Um, but anyway, we're going to have church tonight on on Facebook, and we're also broadcasting simultaneously on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, and it'll be there as well. The location to find that is www.blogtalkradio.com, That's all one word, blogtalkradio. dot com, and then forward slash all one word Old Paths Broadcast, and you can find a wealth of sermons on there, just a ton of them. So uh, anyway. We urge you to do that. But anyway, I want to sing a couple songs tonight before we get into the Word of God. And, and uh, church family, love you. I miss you. Wish I was there with you. Wish we were all well. Uh, just I'm hearing more positive tests. Seems like every day I'm hearing one or two, and it's just, it's just breaking my heart because it's going to keep us apart longer. But uh, anyway, God knows what He's doing. So we're at least we're going to get to be together on here. And I want to encourage you. Uh, tonight, so let's we're gonna I'm gonna sing a few. Uh, I'm gonna sing uh, I'm gonna sing one that I wrote first. I just felt like singing it tonight because we're going through so much. Everybody's going through so much, and the devil sure is trying to discourage folks. And I just want to encourage you with this song: Don't look away from me.
0: me Don't look away from me. Peter stepped out on the water the appeal. There is...
1: Tony Clark, good to see you, too, brother. Amen. I see Miss Joanne's on here. There's a number of them on here. Mm -hmm. I can't see them all right now, but that's all right. I'm glad you're watching. Uh, You know, please pray for my mother. Uh, She's got COVID as well, and and, uh, anyway, Mm -hmm. she's she's having a rough time this evening. Pray pray for her, please. And and I have to think about a song that she and I used to sing in church quite a bit. And uh, we haven't sang together in quite some time. We'll get a well you we'll get it back up and sing this with me again. But anyway, I don't know who wrote this, but I sure like it.
0: <laughs> in the mall. in the Thank <laughs>
1: see all your faces. I seen Joanne wanted to be in the video. I think that's what it said. But anyway, I can't put you in the screen, sister, but I wish you was on the piano tonight. But anyway, it's good to be with y'all tonight. Um, church family, we're going to be closing out Psalm 119. And uh, for those who haven't been with us, we've been going through the Psalm. I've been doing that for quite some time now. And, and we've been taking eight verses at a time through Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. And it's all about the Word of God, and it's all about the psalmist's love for the Word of God. And uh, hi, Cindy, glad to have you with us tonight, and I hope you're doing better. All those who are, who are down with, with COVID tonight and all those who are down with other things, we hope you're, we hope you're doing good tonight. We hope that you're, you're feeling better, and if you're not, uh, we pray that you have, uh, you have a good day soon and pray that this thing turns around real fast. Uh, but anyway, before we get into the Scripture tonight, I want to pray for you specifically. I want to pray for, for you to, uh, uh, the Lord, to give you a, a good rest of this evening, the Lord, to lift you up by the scripture tonight and uh, to, to ease your symptoms. And I'm just going to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight. We love you so much. We thank you, Father. You're the God of, Lord, you're the God of all creation, Father, and you're certainly the God of, of me and those who are listening to us. And, Lord, you know our bodies. You made our bodies, Lord. Uh, this disease that's going through this world right now, this virus. Lord, it's not escaped you. You know all about it. You know how it came about. You know, Lord, how long it's going to last, and you know exactly what it's going to do. And Lord, we we thank you that you have that knowledge, Lord, and that you are in control. And Father, we know that we're in your hands. All our times are in your hands, as David said. Lord, we know that that there's a time appointed for each and every one of us where we're going to see you face to face. And, Lord, we'll not shorten that and we'll not lengthen that, Father, so we can rest in the fact that we're in your hands. And, Lord, that, that no weapon formed against us can prosper, Lord. It all have to be according to your will. And if it is your will, Father, that's what we wanted anyway. Father, we just pray tonight you'll touch our brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray you give them healing. Father, they're your, they're your body. Lord, they're your people. They love you. They praise you. They give you glory. They study your word. They speak to others in your name. Father, we pray you touch them tonight. We pray for healing for them. Father, we pray that you do it swiftly. Father, we pray for our elder saints in our church, Lord, the ones who are most susceptible, and we pray, Father, a hedge of protection around them, Father, God, we pray for their healing, Lord, we pray for Lord, we pray for those tonight in our church, Lord, that are dealing with cancer lord and uh, brother Grant, Father, we pray for him, we lift him up tonight, Father, he's a great teacher of the Word of God, Father, he's a great servant of the word of uh, of the Word of God, a great servant of God, Father, and we pray, Lord, that you touch his body tonight. Lord, we pray you'd heal him, Father. We pray, Lord, for for the brother that fell off the ladder, Brother Dan, Lord, who's uh, fractured his pelvis, Lord. Now he's got COVID, Father, and his wife. Lord, there's so many in our church. Lord, I don't want to call all their names tonight, but Lord, you know who they are. You know what they need. And Father God, we pray for all those who are listening in. Lord, all folks got problems. Lord, we all got burdens. We've all got things in our life we're dealing with. All of us have family members that have been touched by this in some way. And Father God, we just pray tonight, Lord, that Satan be bound and that he be ashamed. Lord God, we pray that, Lord, the children of God begin to see some victories. Lord, we pray, Father, that Satan be held back. Lord, that you allow us to see some victories. Oh, God, for Christ's sake, before it's too late, before the trumpet sounds and it's all closed, and it's all over, Lord. We pray for this during this dispensation of grace that you give us, Lord. Give us strength. Give us uh, vision, Lord, and, and help us to reach souls for you before it's too late, Father. And we pray, Lord, your blessing upon this service. We pray for everyone who's, who's come to listen tonight, Father, touch each life. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, praise God, it is good. It is good to be together. Like I said, we've been going through the Psalms. And uh, Psalm 119, we're going to find ourselves in Psalm 119, verse 169 through 176, as we close out Psalm 119. I'm going to read those scriptures, and uh, and then we'll get into it tonight. Uh, this section has the, the uh, it starts off with the word tau, I guess that's how you say it, T-A-U, and it is it is a Hebrew letter, it's, it's the uh, last one that is mentioned, it's the last letter in the alphabet, Hebrew alphabet, and... Um, But anyway, let's read tonight, beginning one verse 169. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. My lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. My tongue shall speak of thy word for all thy commandments are righteousness. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. I have longed for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. Let my soul live, and it shall praise thee, and let thy thy judgments help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. may the Lord add his blessing tonight to the reading of his precious word. Uh, the title we'll put on this tonight is simply a sheep's cry to his shepherd, and I realize tonight our church members are crying out to the shepherd and we're crying for healing. Uh, but I want to tell you, you know, it's kind of—I kind of find it ironic. I read somewhere this week somebody said it's kind of, kind of ironic, isn't it, that Christians are referring to people in this world who can't wake up and see what's going on as sheep? Isn't that kind of ironic? Uh, You know, there's a lot of people in the family of God who aren't awake to what God is trying to do right now either. They aren't awake to how close we are to the end. They aren't awake to how needful it is that that they they give God their life, that they turn it all over to him and quit trying to take some of it for their self. Uh, But anyway, we'll get into the Scripture tonight. But again, David knew something about uh, being a shepherd because we know he was a shepherd boy and that he tended his father's sheep in the wilderness. And that he uh, trusted the Lord, and the Lord delivered him out of the the paw of the bear and the mouth of the lion. And uh, he closes up this psalm with just a very simple, very simple cry to his shepherd. And uh, I want to say to you tonight, you know something about a sheep? Uh, sheep are the most defenseless animals there are. They they don't have any defensive weapons. They don't have exceptionally sharp teeth. They don't have uh, sharp claws. They they don't they don't can't kick exceptionally hard or Uh, they're kind of helpless. I mean, everywhere you touch them, they they feel soft and squishy, so uh, they're not a threat, but everything's a threat to them, and uh, without a shepherd to lead them, they will make terrible decisions, and they will get themselves in harm's way, and and they will forget. Um, I read something, uh, I think it was earlier today, Um, there was a little boy in school, and she was talking about sheep, and and uh, I think she asked a question. Uh, she said uh, "said uh, there was a hundred sheep Said in, and, uh, and three of them fell off a cliff. How many sheep are left? And they asked this one little girl and she said 97. She asked this little boy named Tommy and he said there's zero left. And she said, well, you don't know much about math because I, I said a hundred sheep and three were taken away. He said, you don't know much about sheep. And the point is where one goes, the others usually follow, and we need a shepherd because if not, we'll follow people around in this world hoping for answers here, and we won't find them here, and we'll just be chasing our tails around and around. So let's get into the Word because the Word is our guide. The Word is our roadmap. The Word is what leads us and directs us and keeps us safe from harm. So let's look into it tonight. Again, a, shepherd's, a sheep's cry to his shepherd here in our text. Number one, we see him him crying out, Lord please hear my prayer. And I, I, know, I know that that's where our church is at tonight. We've been uh, texting back and forth uh, all day long talking about what people are going through and, and, and folks asking for prayer and, and folks promising to pray. And we have been praying and we're going to keep praying. We're going to pound on the door of heaven and we're going to ask God for, for all of his mercy uh, in this time of need because that's what the Bible tells us to do in, in Hebrews. It says, therefore, let us come boldly Unto the throne of grace, because uh, we need that 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 grace and mercy to help us in that time of need. And you're going through a time of need right now. I'm going through a time of need right now. Uh, I've got two members of my family down with COVID, and uh, and, and maybe more than that. And so we all we've all we've all got people that we're close to that that are going through something, and we need our prayers answered. And uh, so David says here in verse 169, he says, "Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord." In verse 170, he says, let my supplication come before thee. He comes with a cry and a supplication. You know, that, that, that cry, when you get to the point to where you let out a cry, you've gotten to the point to where you're helpless. And, you know, I've said it lots of times, but I'll say it again. It's when we get to the point where we realize we can't help ourself. I I used to tell people, you know, I got to the end of my rope, and I slid over the knot at the end, and all I was hanging on to were the frayed ends, and I realized that all I had left was God, and it was at that point that I realized He was all I needed. I didn't need anything else, and I'm not saying that people that are sick, and I'm not saying you don't need medicine. I'm not saying you don't need doctors and things of that nature, but I'm saying, listen, we can't put our trust in man. We've got to put our trust in God, because ultimately, it's God that heals, he gave those people the the, uh, the brilliance, the intelligence, to be able to come up with the, the things that will that will give us the help and healing. But but God is the source of our help. He's the one we have to cry to. We have to come to the end of ourselves and realize that we need Him. We need Him. He's the one that can help us. He and He comes with His cry. So He's humbled Himself. He's at the bottom, and and He's and and He and He's just He's crying out to God, and, and He says. And he says, "Let my supplication come before Thee." It's it's more than just a cry. It, it, it's a cry for help. It's it's a plea for help. It's saying it, it's a you know I've got a little I've got a little baby girl. My wife and I just had a little baby girl a year ago, and she's about thirteen months now. But I can tell you, I can be in a sound sleep, my wife in a sound sleep, and that that little cry come screaming over the baby monitor and it don't take long for people to get up out of bed and head down the hall to see what's going on that helpless little cry of a of a of an infant it, it 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 puts you in emergency mode and you know god god hears our prayers god is not he's not a god that we have to talk into things it's not like we have to we have to butter him up we don't have to Pry God with things. We simply need to go to him and quit bringing all of our goodness and trying to impress him with anything we might have done. Uh, We just simply need to come, not based on any merit of our own, but, but based on the shed blood of our Savior, the merit of our Savior and what he did for us. And when we come based on that alone, pleading only the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no, in my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. When we come like that, God hears us. The Bible tells us that a broken and a contrite heart, God, he will not despise. And, and so he comes crying, please let my, let my cry come come near before thee. Lord, hear me. He says, give, give me understanding according to thy word. Let my supplication come before thee. Deliver me according to thy word. You know, I think about what Proverbs says. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. This is David's son Solomon writing. And he he writes and he says, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge. So again, what's David asking for in verse 169? He's saying, let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word, not understanding according to my thoughts, not understanding according to the way I see things or my opinion, but according to your word. And again, we have got to humble ourselves. I don't, it doesn't matter how your daddy done things. It don't matter how your grandma and grandpa done things. It don't matter what they thought or their opinions were. If they don't line up with the word of God, then you need to shuck those opinions and you need to go straight to God's word and latch on to it with everything you have. Like a church member of mine used to say, latch on like a biting sow and don't let go. You've got to t- take hold of God with everything and let go of this world, and you'll find that he is everything you needed, and and you don't need other things. So so not only cries for, for, for a supplication a cry and a supplication for help, but he says, if I cry after knowledge, and lift us up, thy voice, for understanding. So we're asking God, Lord, help me see it. Not, not, Lord, help me feel better about things, but, Lord, help me see things from your perspective. Because when we see things from God's perspective, it'll, we might have an aha moment where we say, oh, I understand now what you're doing. It makes sense now. It doesn't make sense. All I have doing is sitting and complaining and, and and because I was hurting or I was in a bad position and, and I didn't like the circumstances in my life and I felt sorry for myself and I was crying for that reason. But now I see what you're doing in my life and how you're using See, oftentimes we want to get rid of something God's trying to use. Now, I'm not talking about COVID-19 tonight necessarily because I don't see how God's using COVID-19. I think this is a biological weapon that's, that's perpetuated on us to try to destroy our country. That's what I think that is. But, but nevertheless, God can use anything for good, even COVID-19. There's a way. I can't see it at the moment, but God can somehow make a way where there is no way. But, that, you know, he, again, in Proverbs, Saul is crying for understanding. He's saying, Lord, give me knowledge. Give me understanding. And he says, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, church, I know you've heard me say this lots of times, but I want to tell those others out there that are listening to us, because we've got people watching tonight who don't go to church with us. You know, it says, if thou seekest her silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Everybody just about on here started Gold Rush. They've seen seen the show Gold Rush. Or they've seen uh, the show Bearing Sea Gold. Uh, they've seen one of these treasure, treasure-seeking shows. And, uh, you know, I've, again, I've watched people that, that have spent fortunes on sailing ships to go out into the middle of the ocean and and and, and try to find buried treasure and things of that nature, find sunken treasure and, and they spent their they spent their whole life's work, uh their life's money, their life's savings, all sunk into trying to seek after silver or seek after gold. And God says if you'll seek after knowledge, if you'll seek after understanding, seeing things God from God's perspective, see things through God's eyes, these, and you find that in the Word of God because the Word of God gives you the heart of God so if if you seek after the heart of God as as a man searching after treasure the Bible says then you will understand the fear of the Lord you'll have the proper, awe and reverence for God Almighty that you're supposed to have. You see, this world tarnishes that. This world takes that away from us. This world, when we get out in this world, we start loving on this world, we start appreciating this world and and thinking this world is really something we forget how good God is. When we start listening to scientists and billionaires and, and trusting them when they talk about, you know, how great man can be and all that man can do hogwash. Man is devolving. This world is coming unwound. These are the days like the days of Noah. We've got perversion and sick, nasty mess everywhere around us. We've got a government that's imploding. We've got an economy that's imploding. We've got moralities that are tanking. We are not getting better. We are getting worse, and the world sees it, and the world's getting worse along with us, and we're headed toward a cataclysmic end where where this, this world's going to be ripe for the Antichrist to rule and reign on this earth for seven years. And I'm not trying to get into that tonight, but I just want you to understand that that's where this thing is headed. And it's headed there in short order. Uh, uh, The idea of vaccine passports and all the things that they're pushing on us, that's a precursor to the mark of the beast. Understand that. They're trying to get the world used to that thinking. They're trying to get us acclimated. I don't know how far away those days are, but but I'm telling you, uh, you know, the Lord's coming soon. It's not, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. He's coming very soon. We need to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be witnessing. We need to be reaching out to people. We need to be loving people for Jesus' sake. And we'll get that understanding when we cry out for it. Maybe we haven't been hungry enough for God like we should have been. Uh, maybe we haven't been thirsty enough for what God has for us. James 1:5 he says, if any, if any of you lack wisdom, well maybe that's our problem. We just hadn't had God's wisdom. We may have had too much world's wisdom, and we thought we knew a lot, but really and truly, we hadn't seen things from God's perspective. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. See God's not, greed, God's not greedy, and God's not selfish. He says, He giveth to all men liberally. You want wisdom? Here's some wisdom. Here's some more wisdom. He'll keep giving as long as you keep asking. And he the Bible says he upbraideth not. He'll never slap your hand. He'll never say, Get back, that's enough for you. No. God says it shall be given him. God wants to give you wisdom more than you want to get it. Excuse me. And then the third thing I see on on, the, on this first point is is that that David asked for deliverance according to God's promises. Now, notice he says, well, the first in the first verse, verse 169, he says, give me understanding according to thy word. But in verse 170, he says, deliver me according to thy word. You know what I think he's asking for deliverance from? I think he's asking for deliverance from worldly thinking. I think he's asking for deliverance from, from worldly actions and worldly thinking. And, uh, you know, he wants deliverance because this world's coming against him just like this world's coming against us. Listen, this is not the same America we grew up in. This is not the same environment we grew up in. This world is turned on a diamond. It's standing on its head. Um, you know, it's just not the environment. It's not the climate we come up in. Uh, Christians are looked at with, with a side eye today. Uh, we're, we're being marginalized. We're being pushed into the corner, and pretty soon they're going to be telling us what we can and can't do. You just watch. If if this thing keeps going this direction, that's where it's headed. And I don't want to say that to to scare you. I don't want to say that to intimidate you or bother you. I want you to understand where we're at. But I want you to understand that God is a very present help. He's a very present help in time of danger. He will deliver you. So David asked for deliverance. David David's, David's uh, his life is in chaos. Uh, and he says in verse in, in Psalm 23, the shepherd's Psalm. You know, again we're talking about the, the sheep crying out to the shepherd. In Psalm 23, listen to what it says. He's asking for deliverance. He says in verse four through six. He says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death." One of my preacher friends made this comment once. I've never forgot it. I repeat it often. The paths of righteousness that he leads you in for his namesake, those paths of righteousness go down into the valley of the shadow of death. We have to traverse that valley. It's not, it's not a pleasant place to be, and I know that some of us feel like, well, we're there tonight, and, and maybe you feel like you're there, but I want you to understand something. In that valley, we must cry out. We must give a plea out to our shepherd for deliverance in that valley. And, and he says there in verse 23, 4 through 6, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I don't have to be afraid, because God has got me. God, saw my, God, God knows my past, God sees my present, and God knows my future. And he has got me in the palm of his hand, and I know that I am, I am his, and I am safe as I can be, because nothing is going to do anything to me until he allows it. So, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's, that's the Lord going to protect you. That, he's going to protect you. The world may hate you. The world may want to destroy you, but, but God's going to protect you. And, and he says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. So your enemies watch as God blesses you. Your enemies watch as God is good to you even though they hate you and they wish they could destroy you. He says, thou anointest my head with oil. That oil anointing of the head with oil represents the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, God will give us his power. God will, God will breathe on us. God will, will, will uh, enable us to, to do things that we couldn't do in our flesh if we walk in the Spirit, if we get close to him, if we love him, keep our eyes on him, and seek him like a man seeks treasure, if we seek to know God that way. So if we're crying out, Lord, God, please hear my prayer. We're praying for all these things. Lord, please, please uh, help me. Lord, please deliver me. Lord, please bless me in the middle of all this, we pray. And he goes on, he says, my cup runneth over. God's blessing me so much, I can't contain it all. And he says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank God. If you've come to Christ, if you believed on Jesus, if his blood has been shed for you and has washed your sins away, they're gone. Gone. G-O-N-E, gone. As far as the east is from the west. They're cast into the sea of, uh, of forgetfulness. They're remembered no more. He's thrown them behind his back, the Bible tells us. So anyway, thank God for that. So there's a cry. He's, he's cried, Lord, please hear my prayer. But second of all, Verses 171 and 172, he's praying, Lord, please receive my praise. So hear my prayer. Now, Lord, receive my praise. He says in verse 171 and 172, my lips shall utter praise when thou hast taught me thy statutes. So when I get into the word of God, you know what I'm going to start doing? I'm going to quit complaining. I'm going to start praising God. Why? Because I begin to remember all the good things God has done in my life. I began to read these promises, and I remember that God's already fulfilled a lot of these promises in my life. God's already poured out so many blessings on me. God's already protected me from so many things that I probably almost brought myself into. God has brought blessings into my life that I didn't even see coming. He's blindsided me with blessings. God has been so good, so good to me. I want to just thank him right now, how good he's been. I should praise him. You say, man, what what a day. you most of your church has got COVID, and members of your family has got COVID, and you got people sick in your church, and, and all kinds of things going on, and the world's in a mess. Yes, I understand that, but I'm going to praise God in the middle of the storm. What did Paul and Silas do in the Philippian jail that night with stripes on their back, bleeding in a stinking, dirty, gross, disgusting prison, bound hands and feet? What did they do? Paul said, I think I'm just going to praise the Lord Silas. Silas said, you sing, I'm going to sing with you. And I believe Paul just began to sing praises to God at the top of his lungs. And, and Silas joined in. I don't know if any other prisoners did or not, but I know this. They were singing along, and God started tapping his foot, and pretty soon everything went to rock, and not only was tapping his foot, but you know what I'm saying. The earth began to quake. The prison shook so hard that the chains come off. The doors flew open. God does things when people begin to praise. He sure does, amen Praise him in the middle of the storm Amen, praise him in the middle of the storm So what's happened to David? He was crying out But now his his pleas have turned into praise on him Amen When God I want to tell you something Sometimes you get to praying Sometimes you'll be praying Your heart be burdened so heavy And you'll just be pouring it out to God you got hot tears running down your cheeks And your sinuses are stopped up And, and you, all of a sudden God's peace just floods your soul and tears just begin to flow harder, and they're tears of joy. And you just raise your hands toward heaven, and just begin to, sh- to just thank Jesus for all He's done for you. Just begin to give God the Father praise through the name of His Son Jesus. And I'm tell you, the joy just begins to bubble up in you. All the hurts, all the things that were bothering you before, they all slip away. God is so good. We, He's saying, Well, please receive my praise." You know why? Because he knows who holds his tomorrow. That's why he is praising God. He's not looking at today saying, well, from my perspective, this doesn't look very good. Sometimes from our perspective, things don't look very good. But we can't see very far either. God doesn't expect us to see very far. That's why David said, you know, that word is a a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. He only gives us enough light to walk in. Can't see all the way. But well, we just praise him in the middle of the storm. Amen. Tina, I see you on there and we're praying for Carl. And I know I know you I know you're in a burden too. You're in a storm too. And I pray for you. Pray for you and Carl. <clears throat> but he knows who holds tomorrow. He knows he knows what's gonna happen. He's already seen it. God's not antsy, he's not <laughs> anxious. And you know, the more the more David knows God's word the more confident he gets and the more confident he gets the more he wants to praise. You ever you ever notice a stadium full of people in a football game when the team's losing? You know, it can get quiet. A few people try to shout some encouragement. Or you let them score a touchdown or two and they get ahead. Pretty soon everybody's standing up cheering. Everybody's become one voice cheering that team on. You know, we need to realize that we are on the winning side. And when we realize that God is going to give us the victory, we ought to cheer even though we may be behind. Amen? Cheer anyway. God is going to win. God is the victor. Amen? Praise God. We are going to win. I sang that song every Sunday morning for years and years and years. I'm on the winning side. No more added sin will I abide. I've enlisted in the fight for the cause of truth and right. Praise the Lord. I'm on the winning side. Paul said to the church at Philippine Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. That means don't worry. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, What like about the little things. I don't want to worry God with little bitty things. God knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows your DNA sequence. He knows everything about you. He knows how many cells are in your body. He made every bit of it. He knows all that and he cares about those little details. God wants to hear every little thing that bothers you, every little thing that you think about, every little thing that you care about, God wants you to tell him. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So let's pray about it and that's please make pleas to God about it. God, you I've got to have you. I can't make it without you. Please, God. Come to my rescue. Please, God, please help. That's what you're doing. If you don't come to my help, I won't make it. That's what that's what a plea is. I don't have uh, actually a a plea is, is is saying here's here's why. So what are we pleading? I'm pleading Jesus, Amen. That's my only plea. There's a there's an old psalm that's way back from I don't even know how far back, but I want to say Martin Luther wrote it. Maybe I'm wrong. But it says I have I need no other argument, I need no other plea. it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me and that's our plea. that's all I can, and when I go to God's throne that's all I have to plead. I plead that he died in my place, that he paid for me, he bought my salvation and those promises in the word of God he promised to me and therefore on on the authority of his shed blood, I can claim those promises before God. And I want to praise God for that. I going to give Him glory. Amen. So we're to let our requests be made known unto God. And in Psalm 28, verse seven, now listen to what David says here: "The Lord is my strength and my shield. Not that it, not not my confidence in me or my wife or my kids or my friends or my family or my church. My confidence is not in people. My confidence is in the Lord." Uh, he is my strength and my shield, and my heart trusted in him, David said, and I'm helped. God, I have testimonies. We say, and I have a testimony. I can go back and tell you how he helped me through, and I do too. I have one of those too, and I bet you do too. And you know what we're supposed to do with that testimony? We're supposed to testify. We're supposed to share it. Guess? Can you imagine all my friends that are listening to me tonight? And I know there's not that many of us on here, but listen, those of us that are on here, can you imagine? If we, if, if we just started praising God all the time, if we just started giving God glory, if we started rejoicing, if we started just just sharing with others what God has done for us, giving our testimony, what an impact we would make, I, th- I think we ought to try that. We ought to try that. So he said, my heart trusted him and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. They said, I'm going to sing songs and give God glory. I'm going to rejoice in my heart. So he's, he's saying, Lord, please receive my praise. Number three, and I'll try to hurry because I know I know some of you are getting tired of listening, so we'll hurry up try to get done. But uh, maybe not. Verse number three. Number three, what did he pray? He prayed, Lord, please help me. Okay? Lord, Lord, please hear me. Lord, please accept my praise. And here he says in verses 174 and 175, Lord, please help me. Listen, I, I mean, I'm, I'm crying out to you, and I'm going to praise you, but God, I need you to move. I need you to act. I need you to work. Listen to what he says. We'll read these three verses, and then we'll talk about it. He says, let thine hand help me. God, please reach out and do something. For I have chosen my precepts. Lord, I, I believe your word over everything. I have longed for thy salvation. Lord, I look for the day when you take me home to heaven. I look for the day when I'm with you in, 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 in perfect in perfect circumstances, in a perfect body that will never sin again, able to behold you in your fullness and be able to know you as I'm known. That's what he's saying. can't wait for that. I've longed for thy salvation, O oh Lord. And thy law is my delight. I love the word of God. He said, Lord, let my soul live. Lord, give me give me life. He's asking for that abundant life. And he says, it shall praise thee. I'll give you the glory that you deserve. And let thy judgment skip So it's not just about about hearing me, and it's not just about praising me. He said, Lord, the Word of God, I need you to help me, and it will help you, folks. It will help you. But you've got to do more than just carry it around. You've got to do more than just read along when the preacher's reading along. You've got to take it out. One preacher said a long time ago, I heard him say, this book is like a toolbox full of greasy wrenches. You know, when you find the right wrench that fits the nut, you can you can take something apart. You can fix something when you have the right wrench. When you come to the Word of God and you have the right scripture, you can break down whatever is in your life because the Word of God is powerful. It's it's more powerful than any two edged sword. As a matter of fact, it's more powerful than any weapon ever formed. Please help me. Let thine hand help me, for I've chosen thy precepts. I've longed for thy salvation, O Lord. And thy law is my delight. Let my soul live. And it shall praise thee, let thy judgments help me. You know, God's word has to help us. We can't make it without his word. I think about what Jesus said in John 15, verses 4 through 7. He said, <clears throat> abide in me. Abide in me. That word abide means to be knit together. Like I, my, my my great-grandmother, we called her Kiki. That was her the name that was given to her by my cousin. But uh, she she was great at crocheting and needlepoint and all that kind of stuff. She she did all kind made all kinds of doilies and afghans and things. I used to help her. She taught me how to crochet when I was about five years old. And I'd sit there with crochet needles and I'd make a little water of something. But she would make these fantastic afghans and 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 they were strong. You can't tear an afghan because them yarns is all hooked together and it'll stretch for a long way, but it won't tear. And that that's the idea. Jesus wants us knit together with him. He want, And Jesus says, abide in me. Knit your life together with Jesus. I mean, so tight that nothing can separate you. And that bond will be strong and will carry you through the hardest points of your life. Abide in me and I in you, Jesus said. You in me, I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I got a lot of I got I still got some tomato plants outside. I got some Cherokee purples, and uh, they're fantastic. But you know it's been a real dry summer, and uh, and and they're not producing like they ought to. But you know one thing I do know I'm not a great farmer, or a great rancher. Or I'm not either one of those. As a matter of fact, I'm just a simple gardener, and I'm not a very good gardener. But I can tell you this: I do I'm smart enough to know this. If you break off one of those branches on that tomato plant and it's got a tomato on there, that tomato ain't going to grow anymore. Uh, There may be some blooms on there that's that's already been uh, pollinated. And you know what? You break that branch off, that tomato ain't never going to form and grow because it needs to vine. And the branches can't do a thing without it. And you and I, we break off from the Lord sometimes trying to do our thing in this world and thinking that we're going to really make our mark. I'm gonna tell you something, folks. We can't do a blooming thing without Jesus. And he said so in his worker. He said, He said, Except it abide in the vine, the no more can ye bear fruit, except ye abide in me. he said, I'm the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, again, is knit together, his life and mine. He that abideth in me, and I in him the same, bringeth forth much fruit. See, with Jesus doing the work. You letting him put his hand on you, you? Let him use you. Let him use your mouth. You let him use your mind. You let him use your hands, your feet, your life, your testimony. When you do that, he says, he says you can bring forth much fruit. He said, but if a man abides not in me, he said he gonna do things his own way. He looks at the world his own way. He doesn't care what God's word says. He's out for a, what that dollar to make his mark, to have people respect him, to have people pat him on the back, give him awards. Tell him how great he is. And have all kinds of stuff, but he can't take past. He can't take it past the hospital or the mortuary. He will never go any further. Hey, brother Timmy, good to see you tonight, man. But he says, "But if you're if you abide in me, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna live my life tied with Jesus from here on out." And he says, "In my words, abide in you." So, what are your words doing in me, Lord? They're helping me. That's what they're doing. They're helping me. He says, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. I read that when I was young, and I thought, that sounds, that sounds too good to be true. But what God is saying is, he's saying you're detaching yourself from this world's way of thinking. You're detaching yourself from what this world looks at as successful. You're detaching yourself from, from, from what this world considers love, and you're, you're, you're using God's love. You're going at things from God's compassionate viewpoint instead of man's viewpoint. And when you do that, when you go from from God's viewpoint and you're not doing it in your strength, you're asking Jesus every step of the way to give you that strength, to be your strength. You're asking the Father, please give me the power of the Holy Ghost to work, uh, to do the things you want me to do. Let others see Jesus in me as I go. He says, if that's what you're doing and that's the attitude you're doing it with, just ask me whatever you need. You know why he says that? Because if, if if our heart and our mind is lined up with God and our will is lined up with God, then no matter what we ask for, it's going to be something that's in his will. So he says, all you got to do is ask me and I'll, I'll do it for you. Because you imagine this, those of you that have businesses. When you've got somebody that works for you that you trust, somebody that you can count on, you know, Praise God! You, you know it's it's such a relief, and you know that things can get done. You know that the operation's going to run right when you can count on somebody. And God wants to be able to count on you, man. He wants to be able to count on you, sister. He wants to be able to use us and say, I know, I know that they want what I want. Boy, it's a powerful thing when you get somebody to work for you that wants what you want, who will sacrifice for you because they know the more the more you're blessed, the more they'll be blessed. Boy, it's a wonderful thing when you got somebody that believes in you and you believe in them. That's what God wants from us. i got to get to our last point and we ain't never going to get done. We'll run out of time. All right, number four. He's saying, Lord, please come and rescue me. Verse 176. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. I, I have I, I have gotten backslidden in my Christian life over the years, and I got out of God's will back in my twenties. Oh, I made a mess of my life, and uh, you know, God came after me. I've told people before, you know, I, I was a mess. If you had seen me in 1994, you would have said there is no way on God's green earth that that boy knows Jesus Christ. But I assure you, I have known him ever since I've been seven years of age. I got way out of God's will. I got way away from what God wanted me to be. And you know what? I found myself February 2nd, 1996 in a terrible, terrible spot, God was wringing me out like a wash rag. I told people it felt like so. It felt like God turned loose of a wrecking ball over around Fort Worth and it swung over to Paris and hit me right in the bread basket, knocked everything out of me. God was saying to me, "I love you. You're my child. I gave my my only Son for your for your soul. He shed his blood. He paid the price for you. He he shed his blood for your sins." Your sins were paid for on Calvary. And now you're just going to take that and rub my face in it. You take another step in that direction, you're a goner. I believe God would have taken me off the planet had I not turned around. But you know what the great thing is? God didn't do that. And, and let me tell you something. When, when the conviction finally hit me, like I said, it felt like a wrecking ball. It devastated me. I had no more fight left in me. I threw my hands up and I said, Lord, I'm yours. Lock, stock, barrel, every bit of me you can have me. Whatever good you see in me you can use. Whatever in me that you can rebuild, it's yours. I'm turning myself over to you. David said, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant. Can I just say this to you tonight? February second, nineteen ninety six. I felt like I had gone ten million miles away from God. I had I've been places, done things. Uh, Tony Clark was on here earlier. Tony used to play drums for us back in the day. Tony remembers me. There are others on here. Timmy Lester remembers me. John Wicker remembers me. There's a lot of them on here that remembers me back then. Uh, and if you if you remember me back then, you know God's done something in my life because I wouldn't be sitting here tonight doing this. This is all Jesus. This is not any Brandon. Brandon died back in '96. But I was saying, I ran, I felt like I ran a million miles from God. But I want you to know something. When I turned around and I said, Lord, you can have me, guess where he was? He was right there with his arms wide open. And he had been waiting on me to turn around. It's amazing that God will chase after me and you and love us like he does. What a God we serve. What a Savior we have. And so I want to share with you just a couple verses and then we'll, we'll be done tonight. But Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I don't know anybody listening to me tonight
0: is lost
1: in their sins without Jesus. But I want you to know something. He'll save you tonight if you are. If you're not not saved, if if there's not a certainty in your soul tonight that you'd go to heaven if you were to draw your last breath, if you're not 100% certain of that fact, you can be certain. Because Jesus came to this earth born of a virgin's womb. He had no sin of his own. He had no lineage of sin of his own. He was born of God. And he came, on this, came to live on this earth, and he lived a righteous, perfect life. He fulfilled God's law perfectly. He fulfilled every prophecy that was ever given about him. He suffered. He was whipped. He, he had his flesh torn from his body. He was spit upon. He was beaten. He had a crown of thorns beaten into his forehead. They, were, they punched him with their fists. Uh, they, they put a old rugged cross on his back and they marched him up the hill, and they crucified him. And he wasn't guilty of anything, but he carried my sins and yours there. And he died paying our debt before God. And if we, by faith, will, ex- will turn from our sin in repentance, and what that means is simply this. I know if you're lost, you don't have the power to turn from your sins, but you have to have a willingness in your heart to turn to God from your sins. If you have a willingness in your heart to turn to God from your sins, God will meet you. God will meet you. And when you come, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he'll give you eternal life, everlasting life. See, God breaks the world down into two groups. I'm going to share this with you, and I'm done. He breaks the world down into two groups, the John the Baptist and John 3.36. I'm going to turn over and read it to you tonight because I want to read it and I want to get it exactly right. I know it's by heart, but I want to make sure that I say it exactly right. In John 3, 36, the Bible says this. It says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. To believe on the sun is different from believing just believing in something. Because see, I've told people before, I believe in Canada. I've never been there, but I believe. If I got in the car and I drove straight north for uh, for a lot of hours. Eventually, I'm going to hit Canada. I believe it's there. I believe in it. I believe in George Washington. He died a long time before I was born, but I believe in him because history records that he lived and he was the he was the first president of the United States. But I don't believe on George Washington, and I don't believe on Canada. I don't trust Canada or George Washington because they came to help me a bit. I don't rely on them or depend on them. Uh, what I do trust, rely, and depend on is what Jesus did for me. The fact that he died on the cross and bore my sins, was buried in the third day, rose from the grave, triumphant over death, my sins having been paid for. And I believe that with all my heart and soul. I believe on that. I trust that. Just like every day when you when you reach over to flip your light switch up to turn the light on, you have faith that that light's going to come on. You are believing on that light. Uh, when you sit down in a chair, you are trusting the chair to keep you from falling to the floor. You're believing on the chair. You're putting your, your, your weight down on it. And when you trust Jesus, you're putting the weight of your sins. You're essentially saying, Jesus, if I go to hell, it'll be all your fault because I'm trusting you to do everything to make sure. That my sins are paid for. That's what you're saying when you're believing on him and trusting him. You're saying, I trust you to take care of it all. And if you'll do that, folks, I'm going to tell you, he'll save you. But if you won't believe on him, I want to share the other half of that verse, which is terrifying. Because he says this, he's the other half of the world. Here's the half that doesn't believe. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. See, people say, you know, I believe heaven and hell here on earth. no. I'm sorry, but I want to share something with you. If you are not going to believe on Jesus, this is all the heaven you're ever going to see. But if you're a believer, this is all the hell you'll ever see. Because we're going to heaven. And if the non-believers are going to hell, they're never going to see. This is the best it's ever going to get. But he said, He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. All of God's quiet anger... That he has against those who hate his son and those who hate his truth and his righteousness and his commandments. All those who turned against him to refuse his free gift of grace, they're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. And I don't want that to happen to you. I wonder tonight if there's somebody listening or somebody who'll listen in the future who might simply say this, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've, I've broken God's laws. I know that I've sinned against you. But I ask you tonight, the best that I know how, please forgive me of my sins. I trust that you died for me. I, I believe that you died for me, that you bore my sins, and you and you were buried, and that you rose from the grave. I believe that you died and you paid the debt, and I'm trusting you now to be my Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, if you believe that in your heart, if you trusted him from your heart, you're saved. He saved you, and you have eternal life. And the Bible says... That if you have eternal life, you shall never perish. And it says that neither shall any man pluck you out of his hand. Now, let me close by simply saying this: He is looking for the one who needs him. Luke fifteen four through seven. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found a sheep which was lost. It's sure good to be with you tonight. I want to go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll close the service out tonight. I want to ask the Lord to bless you and to uh, to get you well if you're sick. I want to ask the Lord if you've got some things wrong. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we'll, we come tonight. We've, We've we've taught the word of God Lord we ask now that you put your hand upon us that you, Father that you, you bless and you heal Lord you comfort and you uplift and encourage Lord help us to keep our eyes on Jesus Keep our eyes on the word of God And keep going forward Never looking back Never worrying Father But trusting and knowing it's all in your hands We thank you Lord We look forward to Sunday When we get to come together again Lord albeit by this format But we still get to come together again and we just want to praise you and give you glory. Thank you for this tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God bless you, friends. I'm so glad I got to come to you tonight. And uh, I'm glad we have some people on here that that, that have never been to church with before. And, uh, yeah, that's my blog talk, Countdown, if you can hear that voice. But uh, we're about to close out. I just want to tell you I love you. I, you know, if, if you're my church members, I love you. I, I'm thankful to be your pastor. If you're just my friend out there somewhere, I love you too, and I'm thankful you're my friend. And hang in there. If you ain't heard from me in a while, it ain't because I hadn't thought of you. Just been busy. But I love every one of you and praying for you. You pray for me and my family. I'll pray for you and yours,
0: and we'll get together
1: soon. I pray you. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. Praise the Lord. Shame on the devil. Amen. All right, we're clear.